Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Ready to cut through the BS? And here's some ways to drive your business forward today. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, know the name. Michael McMillan. Check it out. Welcome back to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan, and thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. This week, we're going to talk about practice. And what I mean by practice is specifically a sales practice and training. So many times we sit down with clients and one of the things that we hear from them so much is that, you know, yes, Mike, we have training material or yes, Mike, we have, you know, rebuttals and objections documented and we give to our team, but we're still just not seeing the performance that we're hoping for. And when we start to really dig into what that team is doing with training, we quickly start to see a very common picture. And I wanted to do a podcast specifically about what does it take and what does it mean to really do training correctly? And how do you get it to where practice is really making perfect? So first and foremost, what I wanted to start out with is what does it mean to practice sales? Well, to practice sales specifically is talking about taking the guesswork out of what does it mean to make a sale for your business. So many times organizations make the huge mistake at you know hiring salespeople in and just kind of throwing them to the wolves and saying, okay, go make hay. You know, here's the networking events you should go to, here's some prospects you should call. Good luck. And that's about all the training they get. And what of course they see then is crappy results. And I mean, who's to blame them? You didn't really give the team anything to make any success from. It also makes your sales team much more confident in what they are saying is going to actually convert deals. Many of the salespeople we talk to and work with, when we ask them what was the hardest part about starting in their role, so many of them tell us that, you know, the first month, two months, three months, six months, whatever it might be, they're really just having to try to figure out what they were even doing, what the company actually was doing, how the company was actually different from their competitors, and why they weren't just exactly like the rest of their competitors. And that is not what you want to be hearing from your sales team because, but it makes so much sense because you'd never told them what makes you really different and showed them evidence that proved it. And, you know, I'm sorry, but your sales team, especially your new salespeople, these are your biggest critics but they're also your biggest cheerleaders. And if you could take advantage of that, especially when they're new, you could have the biggest cheerleader you've ever seen. And they're willing to tell everyone, trust me, from the rooftops of how amazing you are. But you have to show them the the evidence that you really are that great. And the final piece is that when you practice enough, just like doing sports, it makes it muscle memory, right? When someone asks you a question of, so what do you do? The answer is so ingrained into your brain, you say it without even thinking about it. And we see this so much across the industry. You know, when Forrester actually did a research study and they ended up finding out that from their research study, 98% of all high-performing salespeople say their pitch is 100% scripted, practiced, and memorized. 98% of all high-performing salespeople. And when we're talking about high performers, we're talking about the guys and gals out there who are making, you know, 80% of the sales for the organization, if not more. These are people who are changing the face of the organization in which they work for. These are not the people who are just making it by every day. And they're saying it's 100% scripted. So you have to start asking yourself, 
when you're starting to do things off the cuff, are you just not wanting to be a high performer? Are you just trying to get by? And if so, and if that is the team that you have underneath you, you need to start asking yourself, do you have the right team? And or do you have the right manager who's leading that team to ensure their long-term success? So guys, today, it wasn't just about telling you all this facts, right? I wanted to really give you some real specifics on what can you start doing today to start driving your sales team forward and making sure they're going to do the practice that is going to make their pitch perfect. How, when, where, why should they be doing this? So when we get into this, I break this down into three segments. So for me, the right times of doing practice is I have daily initiatives that I do, weekly and monthly. And each is kind of a roll up from one another, right? So daily, this is what I do every single day, Monday through Friday. Every morning I wake up. If you sell on the weekends, you're doing it seven days a week, right when you wake up and you're doing certain things. Your weekly is one of those dailies on top of, right? And you'll understand that when I go through it. And a monthly, et cetera, is another one of the weeklies, just longer. So let's start out with daily. What should we be doing each and every single day when we get up and get going? How do we get to make sure that our sales day is ready to go and that we're gonna be running at peak performance every single day. Well, every morning, what I instruct my sales team to do, and I actually do myself every morning, is is I do a morning visualization of my day. So what I simply do is I open up my calendar and I look through it and I say, okay, what do I have on the docket today? And if I have a sales pitch that day and maybe I have some phone calls I need to make that day, while I'm in the shower or while I'm shaving or whatever it is, I literally walk it through in my head. And I just visualize my calendar. Okay, I'm going to get to the office and I have a time block in there to, you know, check my email, read through my notes and maybe, you know, write some handwritten notes to some of my staff. Okay, great. Number two, I need to then, I have a meeting with my leadership team to talk through three projects we have upcoming. Okay, great. I know I got to get that done. Now I have a sales pitch then next, uh, which is a two-hour meeting, and this is a formal pitch. It's a stage two client, and we need to, you know, we're trying to get them over the hump to get them into contract negotiations. Okay, and I take a minute and I walk through that meeting in my head. Okay, I know how the agenda runs. I know what their needs were. Here's all my notes on that. I know I have that inside of my CRM. I need to read through that. And I need to ensure that I have these type of questions ready. And I know the salesperson is going to be leading the meeting, but I need to have this and this done. And really just walk through your day in your head and make sure you're ready for it. When you've done that in the morning, and like I said, this is a 10-minute exercise at most. And really, I, I mean, personally, I do it when I'm shaving. If you've seen pictures of me, I shave my head. So it takes a little while to shave. Not, you know, maybe Some of you guys don't might have that much time. But you know, it's a good time to do it when you're just getting ready in the morning. Glance at your calendar right on your phone and just go through your day in your head. During your commute is, in my opinion, some of the most underserved time for people to be able to start practicing. What I have found to be so important to my long-term success is using my commute effectively. During my commute, if you drive, if you're in a train, if you walk, whatever you do, use your commute effectively. What I do is a mixture of a couple things. I use my commute to, one, educate myself on new practices and new theories on way of doing things. I don't listen to fiction personally. I only listen to business books and specifically around the topics of sales, leadership, growth, finances, etc. And what I do is I listen to books on my way home about the educational topics. On my way to work though, I actually listen to myself. 
And this is where I mean by practicing on your commute. So what do I do? I record myself. I record myself doing my phone pitch. I record myself doing a meeting. I record myself saying objections and rebuttals and then repeat them in my car back to myself. I record talking points like interesting facts about the business, case studies, the history, everything. And I listen to it on my way to work. And you guys, you could do this on your headphones, through your car, whatever. By listening to yourself and hearing how you are presenting this, you can make yourself better. And again, it's getting ingrained into your brain how you should be saying this and how it should be presented. If you're new, and now if I, when I say by new, this is any salesperson who's been in a role for under one year, and I'm talking about a specific role with a specific company. If you've been in there under a year, one of the things I would also add to this is each morning when you get to your office, allocate yourself some time to read through your scripts each and every single morning. I know it sounds like a lot to do, but trust me, it is critical to your long-term success. And you're gonna be reading through your phone scripts, your meeting scripts, your objections and rebuttals, and any specific talking points you have. And if your company is doing it right and building these out for you, you should have scripts for quite a few different pieces of your sales approach. Everything from phone conversations on what is a stage one phone conversation, stage two, stage three, stage four, all through your pipeline, what is follow-up conversations, and just read through them. Give yourself, you know, half hour. You don't need to read every single one of them, but you should be reading every single one of them throughout the week. And the important thing here is, is to make sure you focus on those that you're going to be using that day. So that way they're fresh in your brain and you're ready to rock and roll with them. And like I said prior, so you can listen to them on your way into your office, record yourself as you're reading through them. Don't just read them to yourself, read them out loud. Because guess what? You're not going to say them to yourself. You're going to say them out loud. And you need to get used to that and get yourself into the position of doing so. And similar, when you are also practicing them and reading them, make sure you're doing it in the fashion in which you're going to deliver them. So if it's a phone script, guess what? Pick up the phone. Doesn't mean someone has to be on their line. Just pick it up and put it to your ear. If you use a headset, put your headset on. And then how do you deliver that? If you're like me, I'm a pacer. I walk. I must walk. I cannot not walk when I'm on a sales call. I pace up and down the hallway. I pace all around. And guess what I also do? When I practice, I do the exact same thing. I wear the exact same headset that I wear on my call and I just practice it. Yeah, people think I'm crazy, but you know what? People also don't know because I'm wearing my headset and they just think I'm on a call. But practice, practice, practice those scripts in the real manner in which you're going to do them. If you're going to be practicing your delivery script inside of a pitch, like a formal pitch, go into your boardroom, go into a meeting room, go find a meeting room and do it there. If you need to practice your breakfast, lunch, or dinner scripts, go into your lunchroom or cafeteria or wherever, sit down at a table and pretend that you're presenting to a prospect there. Be in the moment and practice. In addition, review your top 10 objections and rebuttals each and every single day. This one is I don't care what you do. If you just do this, though, you will see a huge impact into your ability to sell, If you, especially if you've been in your position for under a year. And I will tell you, even if you've been in the position for over a year, and even if you've been there for 20 years, reviewing the top 10 objections and rebuttals that the organization is currently receiving in your division or department or for what you're selling is beyond critical to the long-term success of your organization's ability to sell. So that's daily, guys, okay? We just started out daily. 
Now let's push it up to weekly. Weekly, what you want to be doing is, is mock pitch sessions. And this is, should be done with your entire sales team and if possible, your executive team as well. How you run these is just as critical as doing them though. So first and foremost is you need to make sure you have personas built out on each of your customer types in which you sell to. So if you've never seen a persona, I will make sure that we include one here with this podcast post that you can download from our website at bizsprints.com and you can see what a, a sample persona looks like. We'll include a buyer persona so you can see the level of detail in which we're talking about. These personas, think of these as basically giving someone the ability to understand the role in which they're going to be playing. So if they're an actor, they need to understand the background of this person so they can get into character. And the reason this is important is because of number two on this, which is you need to keep it real. Don't be an asshole, <laughs> right? I'm sorry. I know it's so fun to want to just tear your salesperson apart, right? And or just be that client that you know it, but don't be that way. Be real. You know, yes, you want to push them and be the hard client, but you don't always want to be either. You want to make it realistic. You don't want to just get your salesperson always on the defense. You want to be able to have your salesperson really practice in a real world scenario as much as possible. So keeping it real is so important because that way your salesperson knows what to expect when they're in the room. If you have a large sales force, and I'm talking about any sales force that's over this, basically anything over 20, basically, and I really start doing this any time I get over like 12 to 15, break it up into groups. You could break up into groups of four to six and really just break it up and get yourself separated, but you still need to make sure you're doing this in this way. Always, always, always record them. And I don't mean just the audio, video as well. And guys, guess what? It doesn't take any type of expensive equipment. Your phone is the most amazing video recorder known to mankind. Just record the things. Record each one, stop it, document it, and share it with the team. And do this on each and every single person. This will be the most critical tool you could ever give to one of your salespeople because they now get to see themselves and hear themselves on how they performed in those mock sessions. And then always debrief with your team after. My rule of thumb is simple. Three good, three bad, three indifferent. Which is, what are three things that you should really work towards improving on right away? What are three things you did amazing? And what are three things that were just, eh, didn't really give me anything, didn't give me really, you know, either way. It was just kind of neutrals. Because those are also potential areas of opportunity. And document those. All feedback from each member of the team should be documented, handed to the salesperson, and recorded by the sales manager as well. That way, when you get into your next weekly session, sales manager I'm now talking to, you should have these documented to see, are you seeing improvement by your team? Are you seeing your sales team work on the feedback that they got? And are you making sure you're throwing it at them to see how well they're now doing with that? And also, finally, it's things you can now coach them on as well. So when you have your weeklies or monthlies or you know, bi-weeklies or whatever, you now have the topics to cover with them. You didn't have to go dig them out. Your team dug them out for you. Now you can have the things that you need to coach your person on. Moving from the weekly, we go into monthlies. Monthlies are critical, but monthlies also are a little bit longer. Now, 
in the weeklies, these take about usually about 90 minutes, to be honest with you. And you really want to make sure you allocate that time and live it. Like don't ever pass up these weekly sessions. I'll tell you, if there's one thing I would never, ever, ever miss is a weekly sales training session. They are so critical to the team's long-term success and the monthlies are even more critical. What I simply do for a monthly is I just take one of the weeklies and I extend it. The monthly training is typically about a two to two and a half hour meeting. And again, depending on your size, what your company sells and how you sell it. So what are we doing in the monthlies? Well, monthlies, again, these are mock pitch sessions, but these are mock sessions for the three top major sales environments. So again, depending on how and where your company sells is going to depend on how these are exactly done. So what are the top three sales environments? Well, I'm going to go through our top three sales environments, and then your company would have to derive your own, right? So for ours, ours are phone, in-person meeting rooms, which means like in a boardroom or some type of meeting room at a client, and or a meal, which could be dinner, lunch, or breakfast. So what we do is, is we practice each of these in our monthly, and each team member goes through these. Again, they're all recorded. Feedback is all given. But these are real live sessions that we are doing in our office and practicing and pretending to, you know, as if we are calling a real customer. So the first one is a phone session. The phone takes a little while because there's so many aspects to the phone conversations you're going to need to have. What I suggest to clients is take your sales pipeline, break it down stage by stage, And each stage should have a specific phone conversation that would potentially occur inside of it. Some stages might have three, four, five, or 10 conversations that might occur, right? But you need to have each one as best you can identified. The scripts identified for each one of them. And then in your monthly, you have your team deliver those scripts either from memory or from reading it. It's up to them. You know, don't get on them about memorizing this thing. Because guess what? If you're on a phone call, you can easily have your script in front of you. You could have your talking points in front of you. Whatever makes them comfortable. What you're wanting to listen to is how does it sound? Does it sound natural? Does it sound well-rehearsed and practiced? Because if it's well-rehearsed and practiced, it should sound completely natural. It should sound like they've been, you know, it's right off the cuff and like they're just doing this, like they're having a great conversation with you. Each time you do it though, you got to make sure you're listening for ways to make it better. We are a firm believer that everything can always be better. And in these monthlies is when we're trying to dig it out. What you're really wanting to focus specifically on here too is how are your top performers doing it? Because guess what, guys? Your top performers are the ones who should be driving these scripts. They're the ones who should be almost basically writing these things for you. They're the ones who are perfecting these things for you. And each month, they're the ones who you want to listen to to help to continually improve these scripts. The in-person meeting is the one that really takes up the bulk of the time inside of this meeting. And what I typically like to do is each month, I have only my top performers do their in-person meeting. Why? Because they're the ones I care about. They're the ones I want the rest of the team to see how they are doing it. So if you have a team of 12, for instance, take your top three or four and have them do a mock in-person meeting for the rest of the team. The rest of the team gets to review it, see it, and get the recordings of it. 
It allows for your top performers to get recognized each month and be seen as the leaders in which they are. The meal. I love doing my monthlies near lunchtime. And what I'll do is, is we'll do the phone and we'll do the in-person meeting up in the office, you know, maybe in our boardroom or wherever. And then we go to lunch together. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. We're going to lunch. And at at lunch with my team, we have a meeting. It's not a casual conversation. No, it's a real meeting. It's, okay, Bob, sell me. Hey, Sally, sell us. Okay, we're your potential client. Sell us. Here's our personas. We hand them out. Here's the personas which we're going to follow. Sally knows now the company she's selling to. And we get to have a real live mock lunch, dinner, or breakfast. And we time box it based upon what are we working on. If it's a lunch, we know we usually have about 90 minutes to do a lunch. Uh, 60 minutes you know, is the minimum, usually 90 minutes is the maximum. So we time box it at 90 minutes. If it's a breakfast, usually you're right at 60, sometimes a little bit shorter. People just don't have as much time. And if it's a dinner mock, we know we have longer, but because we have to get back to the office, we try to time box it still at about two hours, right? And this way we have expectations of, listen, you have this much time to get through this, go. And the team, again, is going to get to see this from the top performer's point of view. We do not allow our low performers to do these sessions. We only allow our top performers to do it for the rest of the team's sake because we want the team to be learning from this. This is the most amazing coaching and training tool you could ever give to your team. And I will guarantee you, you will see results from this literally almost instantaneous. I mean, and to give you some actual stats here. So there's a website out there I love, which is called CSOinsights.com. And on there, they did a research study and they found teams who practice together on a weekly basis saw a 15% increase in sales performance after their first week of performing it, 18% after three weeks and 27% after the first month. And they saw a constant increase consistently all throughout the year by continual performance of weekly training sessions. These things have real impact on your ability to generate revenue, guys, and they are super critical to your long-term success. Now, where does it all begin? You know, I gave you guys the other thing at the beginning of this podcast where I talked about one of the mortal sins of most organizations, especially who are leading sales teams, are they bring people on and they just throw them to the wolves. Well, beyond just doing your daily, your weekly, and your monthly trainings, it is just as important to make sure you're also doing your onboarding, and here's a new term for you, re-onboarding with your sales team as well. So what is onboarding? Onboarding is when you're getting a new person set up into your sales team. Typically, what I've seen is that onboardings usually take about two to four weeks to perform. And during these two to four weeks, I do not allow that person to touch a real prospect or client with a 10-foot pole. Now, they might do some ride-alongs. They might do some listen-ins. They might do many things, but they are not speaking or writing to any of our clients or prospects. Why? Because they have no flipping clue what they're doing, (laughs) right? It's It's like letting a child go and negotiate a contract for me. It's unreasonable. It's ridiculous. We need to make sure we protect our prospects and clients against these people until they're properly trained and vetted. And the time span in which it takes to get them trained is really going to be dependent upon your organization. But 
I want to give you guys some quick tips on this. And I'm going to do a real podcast, I think, fully around onboarding here another time. But to give you some quick tips on this, so many organizations focus all of their efforts during onboarding into product and or service training. So what they're training them on is what do you do and how do you do it? which is critical. Don't get me wrong. It's very important that a person knows this type of information. What I will tell you though, what is more critical for a salesperson to know and what I would strongly suggest you focus more of your time and attention into is how to communicate what you do, how to speak to an executive appropriately about what you do, how to speak with a receptionist about what you do, how to email an executive or receptionist about what you do. The ability to teach a person how to communicate in what you do is much more critical than what you actually do because this is giving them practical lessons that they can implement into their position with your organization. The other piece that most salespeople are looking for is what is the customer's perspective on what you do? Great, I understand you sell widget A or you make widget B and or you service widget to A to work with widget B. Great. What is the customer's perception on that? And feedback, case studies, and white papers and testimonials is what salespeople thrive for. That is what they are so hungry to hear. Train them on those pieces during the time. This will load them with stories and ideas and things they can bring to the customer and repeatable elements that we are going to be training them on ongoing and you need to you know, really load them up with from the get-go. Now, the new term I gave you, re-onboarding. Many organizations, I will say, have been getting much better about training new salespeople. It is still definitely the number one mortal sin I see out there. But I will say many organizations, I think, are starting to learn that this is something they cannot continue to do and still hope for performance from salespeople. But there's a new thing I see out there, which is just as important to be paying attention to. And I call the solution for this re-onboarding. And what re-onboarding is, is each year after a salesperson has hit their anniversary, what I like to now do is, is put them back through another onboarding. So many salespeople, after a year of selling, kind of start to get, especially if they're high performers, will start to kind of get full of themselves and believe that they could start getting away from basics. And what you start to see is departure from the basics and what we've they have been working on and doing that has been providing them these great results. And they start kind of getting rogue. So what we do is, is each year, we put a salesperson through a re-onboarding. This is a miniature version of the onboarding session, maybe one to two weeks long. Allows for them to kind of get away a little bit and to get back to basics. Work back on the scripts. Work back on the client point of view. Work on how to speak to an executive. Work on their soft skills training. Work on all the basics they need to be successful in their role. Phone skills, email etiquette, grammar, etc. Everything in the basic point of view. And in doing so, it allows them to get to stay in that mindset of, okay, I need to keep working on these because this is what's going to continue to drive my sales. And when you do that, you really will make sure that you're starting to see those results you want to do in the training and performance with your sales team. So in a recap, guys, what are the key pieces here that I want to make sure you walk away with? Well, first and foremost is never, ever, 
ever, ever, ever allow your team to practice on prospects or real clients. You're just shooting yourself in the foot. You are making yourself look like a fool in doing so. Practice internally. That's what you're there for, especially as a sales leader. You're there to make sure your sales team has someone to practice with, you and or the rest of their team, because it's what's going to make them better. I mean, and so, I mean, with that being said, just do not throw new salespeople into the fire without training them. Their onboarding and your re-onboarding is some of the most critical training you could be doing with your team. And always train so that they could be selling by muscle memory. It should literally be like they just come into the office, hit play, and go. That's how trained you want these people, and only through practice can you get there. Always have one way of selling across your entire organization. And that way of selling should be your top performer's way. Your top performer is who sets the tone for the whole organization. So many companies get lost in the idea that salespeople should have their, each salesperson kind of has their own way of selling what they do. This is the worst thing you can actually ever do to your company. Why? Because now you're adding so many variables to the way your business is sold. There's one way to sell it. And no matter how many salespeople you have, there's one way to sell it because that one way allows you to now have management over how something is sold and make tweaks to that one way that can be then repeated across your organization and work to improve your abilities each and every single day. As a sales leader, as a salesperson, I don't care what role you're in. You should be working each and every day to be improving yourselves incrementally. As I told you, probably the biggest key to my success so far has been as each morning, listening to myself and listening to how I was speaking about what my organization did, and each night on my way home, listening to trainings and podcasts just like this to help improve my knowledge base about my craft, sales. And if you do that, you guys will see the success that you're looking to you know, here at your organization and making sure that your business is driving the types of sales you're looking for. So guys, with that, thank you so much for your time. If our organization could be of any help, please visit us at bizsprints.com or call us at 888-512-3422. We'd love to hear from you and love to chat with you and show you how we can help your organization take all of these type of training methodologies and ensure that they're installed into your business today. And then also, like I said, I will be putting that persona up on our website at bizprints.com forward slash podcast, where you can download it and take a look at it. So guys, till next week, have a great day to your success and prosperity. My name is Michael McMillan. Thank you so much. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to BizSprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.